Well, good morning. Good morning. It is good to be here this morning. I'm so thankful that uh, I got the opportunity to come and to worship with you this morning. Uh, Chris called me, uh, I believe it was one day last week, and asked me to come to fill in, and I, I was excited about being here this morning. Uh, it's good to see all familiar faces that I see here this morning. It's, it's good to see everybody. And I want to, uh, I hope you come to church this morning expecting something. I hope you come to church this morning expecting to see God move in your life. And see, when we come to church and we expect something, uh, God to do something in our lives, and we're expecting God and we, we're anticipating God, and then God's going to do something. If we come to church and we don't expect nothing, then more likely we won't get anything out of church. But I'm so thankful this morning that the, the power of the Word of God is, is still as strong today as it was 2,000 years ago. And God's Word is uh, still relevant today. And, and we look at it and we, and we read God's Word, uh, we get something new every time that we read it. Not to say that God's Word changes, it doesn't, but we can get something new out of it because of the Holy Spirit that leads and guides us when we're reading God's Word. You know, I, as I, before I get to read uh, my, my scripture this morning, uh, uh, I grew up in church all my life. Uh, been part of church. Church has been a big part of my life for, uh, you know, as long as I can remember. Uh, but I was in my mid-30s before I actually got saved. Uh, so that was... Uh, Still kind of new to preaching aspect of things, I guess you could say. I'm still uh, kind of green a little bit, but I've been preaching for uh, about some eight years now. Uh, but uh, I get excited still. Eric looked at me and told me earlier, he said, you look nervous. And I said, well, I, I do that. Uh, it doesn't matter where I'm preaching at or wherever I'm teaching. I, I still have that nervousness uh, about it and butterflies. But I think that's, it's, it's good in a way. I think that's what helps us. Uh, keep us on our toes. I think that's what helps, uh, helps me lean on the Lord just a little bit more because uh, this morning it's not about me. It's not nothing about what I've done or what uh, uh, how I present the Word. It's all about God. And I really believe that this morning because I believe in the power of God. I believe in the hand of God. And I can testify and I can let you know this morning when God puts His hand upon you and when God has His hand on things, there's things that's going to happen in your life and the way He will deal with you in your life and in the church. This morning I'll be preaching out of Acts chapter number 11. Uh, Acts chapter number 11, beginning in verse number 19. And before we get into our scripture this morning, I want us to kind of have a little bit of a background of what, we're, what I'm talking about this morning. We're talking about the city of Antioch. Uh, it, was a, it was a wicked city. It was a city that was uh, uh, very uh, great in size. I mean, we could uh, go back and do some research about the city of Antioch, and we could see that uh, there was a, a lot of different, excuse me, a lot of different people in this city, and they worshipped a lot of different gods, and they just kind of done their own thing. And the more I thought about that, I kind of think, you know, it's kind of like our cities that we have here in the United States, that... Uh, uh, they kind of do their own thing. They kind of have their own way of life. And there's so many varieties of people and, and different things going on in these cities that uh, a lot of times they tend to overlook God. You know, here in our small town here uh, in Corinth, you know, in Alcorn County, we can go just about uh, every mile and see a church somewhere. And we're blessed to have these churches around. Uh, but there, we have to understand that not every place around the world is... 
uh, is blessed enough to have uh, a Bible-believing church or have the Word being preached to them. So I'm thinking about Antioch, and I'm thinking about the, the people that was coming in there and, the, and the, the, the persecuted Christians that was coming in there. You know, they was persecuted. They was coming into this city. They had something about them. There was something in their hearts. They had God in their hearts, and they was on their, on their lips. They wasn't scared to tell anybody who, uh, who they worshipped. You know, folks, that's what we need to be doing this morning. You know, we take for granted that we're able to come to church. We take for granted that what we have in front of us is the Word of God. But yeah, we come in and, and we, we kind of get into routine and we kind of get into mundane uh, lifestyle that we, we, we take stuff for granted and yet we've got the most powerful book right here at our fingertips that we've ever had in our life. Right. We've got it. And these persecuted Christians, they would come into Antioch and they wasn't scared about what was going on around them. They wasn't scared to let people know who they served. They was preaching, and they was teaching, they was letting people know how God had worked in their life. You know, I think we take for granted sometimes where we are in our life. You know, we take for granted. I don't know if it's because we maybe get a little scared sometimes or let people know where we stand at, or we just get a little bit lazy. I don't know which one it is. Probably a little bit of both. Hey, we serve people right here in Auburn County that's never heard of Jesus Christ. You think about that. Even though I said there's churches everywhere, that doesn't mean everybody's heard of Jesus. If they would, they would be in these church doors right now. So we have an opportunity right now. See, we can, we can see the power of God, the hand of God on these Christians right here and how people believe just by hearing the word of God. If they can do that right during their day and time, what does that tell us right now in our day and time? That we've got an opportunity ahead of us to, read, to sit down and teach people and to, and to share the gospel of what he's done for us in our life. Because if he can still move people back then, he can definitely move people right now. And believe it or not, where you might want to believe it or not this morning, our Lord is coming back one day. Amen. He's coming back. I don't know when, but I know he's coming back. He's getting closer by the day. And we're on a timeline. And we need to let people know that our Lord is coming back and there's a God that loves them. Yes, he's a loving God, but he also he's a just God as well. So we're looking at this city and we're thinking about it. It's one of the third largest cities in the Roman Empire. It was very wicked. As I said before, a lot of gods of antiquity was being worshipped. But there were some Jews, and, uh, some people come in there and they was, and they was, these persecuted uh, believers were sharing the gospel. They were sharing the gospel. And I want us to look at that this morning, uh, beginning in verse number 19. If you find your place this morning, would you stand with me as we... Uh, as we read God's word this morning in reverence of God's word, Acts chapter number 11, uh, verse number 19. And they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as, as Phineas and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word none to, were to none but unto the Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which, which uh, when they were uh, come to Antioch, spake unto the Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. In verse 21, this is where I want to kind of hang my hat at this morning. It says, And the Lord, and the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you this morning. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for your presence, God. And I thank you for the word that we have here in front of us this morning, Lord. I'm thankful for our church, God, that we're able to come and and we're able to worship you freely and, and to be able to experience and to feel you, God. 
But God, I understand too, God, you're not limited to these walls. You're not limited, God. That's the God I serve, a God that's not limited. A God that can go outside these walls right now, God, and, and it can be shared to millions and millions of people. And those people can get saved. God, I'm so thankful this morning, Lord, that uh, it wasn't just for the Jews. It wasn't for just a select number of people, God, that, that the gospel was being shared. If it was, God, I wouldn't have no chance. Lord, I see, I'm so thankful, God, that you've seen fit to send your son to die on the cross for me. I'm thankful for the preached word. God, I ask you for your help this morning. Lord, I ask you to be with me this morning. Hide me behind the cross, Lord. Give me every word that I need and not one word more than what needs to be said here this morning, Lord. And forgive me of my sins. Lord, I give you the praise, the honor, and glory. In Jesus' name I pray and ask. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The hand of the Lord. That's a mighty great picture to think about God and His hand and His power and His strength and His love and His justice. But I want to tell you something this morning. I'm thankful that I can feel the presence of God whenever I stand behind this sacred pulpit and I preach and I read God's Word. I can feel His presence or maybe through a song or, or through prayer or whatever it is. I can, I can feel God's presence. I can feel His hand. And this morning, there's no different. I want God's hand upon me. Anytime I stand behind a pulpit or I teach the youth on Wednesday nights or even I teach the adults on Sunday mornings, I want God's hand upon me. Because it's not about me. I want to tell people about what God has done for me. Because it's all about God. And where He's brought me from and where He's going to take me one day. Yes, I used to come to church. Church was a big part of my life. And I understood the, growing up in church, I got all that. Because me and Eric, we used to go to church together quite a bit. Grew up together. But if I'd have died in those years when we were growing, uh, going to church together, I'd have died and went to hell. See, I was in my 30s before I actually got saved. I knew about church. I knew about God. But I didn't know God. And it was through the power of preaching and the power of a testimony service that I got saved on Sunday night. Yes, on a Sunday night. Believe it or not, God does still work on Sunday nights. Just like He does on Sunday morning and Monday morning and through the rest of the week. God's all the time. So we don't need to take for granted what we have in front of us, the opportunities that we have here uh, uh, to be able to come to church and be able to worship an almighty God. Because when I think about the power and the hand of God that I read about right here, it's important. It ought to be something we ought to put into our lives and we ought to, we ought to cherish. Now we're thinking about these persecuted Christians as they was coming to a great city. They didn't, they, they didn't shy away from who, uh, what they believed in. They didn't shy away from because they was Christian and just kind of take a seat, uh, a seat back and just kind of watch everything go on. They told the people in Antioch, they said, this is the God that we serve. This is the God that I serve. And this is the God that saved me. And we're going to see them believe. And there was a lot of people that believed upon that. And this is where Christianity started out from is a place called Antioch. On its worldwide mission right here through a city. So I'll think about that and I'm thinking if they can do that, then why, why can't we do that? Why can't we, why don't we still see people that's lost and dying and going to hell? Yes, there's people that heard the word and turned their back on it. Yes, we, gonna, we, we still see that here today. 
We still see people turn their back upon God. But at least the word was being preached to them. They had an opportunity. They had a choice. Just like we do here this morning, we have a choice this morning. You had a choice this morning if you were going to come to church or not. I know jobs kind of hold us back sometimes, and I, we understand that. I believe God understands that. But for the most part, we have a choice of what we're going to do and how we're going to serve God. And we need to take it to the full extreme every day of our life. And so I'm thinking about the hand of God, and I'm thinking about what it symbolizes. And I want to give you some, uh, some points here this morning that I think will, will help us this morning. The first point I'd like to bring is, what does the hand of God symbolize? It symbolizes the presence of God. The presence of God. Do you realize when God gets involved in something, when God starts to work in, 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 the life, in your life or in the church's life, when God gets his hands in that, you need to believe that things are going to change. Things are going to start to, ha are going to, start to happen right here. Maybe you don't believe me. I don't know. But the, when I see that, the presence of God, and I see that how God gets involved, I can tell you firsthand when God starts working in my life, I can see God work, working and, and doing things. Because he's the only one I pray to, folks. He's the only one I sit back and I, and I look and I, I, and, I, and I put my faith in. The world's got a lot of great things it can offer you. There's no doubt about it. But everything the world is going to offer you is going to die and burn up one day. And everything that God has for us is going to be there forever and eternity. So that's who I'm going to hang my hat upon. That's where I'm going to put my trust in is in having the presence of God in my life. That's where I'm going to, I want to start in. That's where I want God's hand upon me. And we see where God starts to move. We can see that. We better hold on. kind of gets a little scary sometimes when God starts working around us just a little bit because Hey, it gets us out of our comfort zone. It gets us into a place we've never been before. But if we trust and we believe God, we just got to sit back and let God do His thing. And when God's in the picture, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible, folks. I'm thinking about these believers and they get into Antioch. There's so many people right there. There's a wide range of of religions and, and uh, cultures and everything that was going on right there. And yet the gospel was still preached and people believed. They believed. Regardless of what was going on around them, the word was still penetrating people's heart. It didn't matter what was uh, popular at the time. When God's word is preaching, when it starts hitting, hitting, hitting on your heart just a little bit and tugging on those strings and and the hair on the back of your neck starts standing up a little bit. you got to do something. Because you know what it's like when you first got saved. You know the, the convicting power of God when it gets upon you. Whenever the moment before you ask Christ to come into your heart, the nervousness, the, the anxiousness that you felt, that you had to do something. You had to, you had to just turn loose. We felt that experience. Or at least I hope you have. I know what it's like. I know when the convicted power of God gets upon you and when you know that you're lost and, you, and it doesn't matter how long you've been in church or how much money you put into church. If you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're going to die and go to hell one day, folks. That's just a brutal reality of it. You have to accept Christ and we have the presence of God that was moving in this, in this city. It's the same presence we feel here today. The same God. God hasn't changed. The world's changed, but God hasn't changed. His word hasn't changed. The people have changed. 
And I'm thinking about the hand of God, and I'm thinking about how powerful He is and how the presence of God can move and do great things. In Daniel chapter number 9, verse number 15, it says, The Lord, O God, who brought your people out of the land of Egypt with His mighty hand. Out of, with His mighty hand, He brought them out of Egypt. These people couldn't have got nothing else, nothing more than uh, got out of Egypt other than with God's help. Has God ever helped you this morning? I, answer, I mean, let's be honest with ourselves this morning. If God's helped us this morning, and we know that's the only way that we've got through that situation, we know it's God, hey, we need to be praising God this morning. Thank God just a little bit because if it wasn't for God, none of us would be here this morning. None of us will be here. I can remember times in my life that I've done some crazy and stupid things. If it wasn't for the hand of God, I wouldn't have been here this morning. If it wasn't for His grace and His mercy, there have been a few nights I shouldn't even, shouldn't even made it home. presence of God and his hand was upon me and he gave me another day and he gave me another day and he gave me another day and he gave me, me, me another chance and another chance and another chance and another chance until finally I seen that I needed I needed that hand. I needed that help. You know kind of like when uh, he was walking on water and as long as his eyes was focused on God he was doing good. But the moment he took his eyes off God what did he do? He started to sink. When the Lord says something, he just reached down. He reached down with what? His hand. His hand pulled him up. See, y'all, it's, it's so important to understand the power of God and how much he can do for us. Not only that, I mean, just to think about our salvation. Not what he can do for us, it's what he's done for us. He saved us from a place called hell. Not purgatory. or no in-between place here. He saved us from a place called hell. I'm thinking about the Lord's hand here in Exodus chapter 6, verse number 1. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Now you will see what I will do to Pharaoh. Because of my mighty hand, he will let them go. But he said, Because of my mighty hand, he will drive them out of this, this country. You see, when God starts to do things, as God starts to put his hand upon things, as God says, I'm going to take care of my people, and I'm going to get them out of there, I don't care who, what the, how great uh, Pharaoh's army was. We can see and we go back and read the stories of it, what happened here. If it wasn't for God's hand of protection upon them, the people was God. Because God's hand was up on them and He protected them and He got them out of uh, Egypt. What, nobody could stop them. Not even Pharaoh. The most powerful man on earth at that time. He couldn't even stop them. That's what kind of gets me sometimes. These people say that uh, they're more powerful than God or and they, uh, it's uh, even God Himself can't do this or God, are you kidding me? How many times has God got to prove himself to people? But he had to prove it to me too as well. It just took me a little longer to realize it. So I understand, I understand that a little bit. So what does the hand of God, and the Lord symbolize? It symbolizes the presence of God. And it also symbolizes a believing power. A believing power. In verse 21 it says, And the hand of the Lord was with him, and a great number believed. A great number believe because of the power of God. See, when we start to think about the power of God and what He's done and what He can do and into our lives or maybe impact our world, it's kind of mind-blowing 
to think about the power of God. See, we look at power, and we look at uh, uh, prestigious people that's got power over a country like our president or dictators or, or, or officials in government and stuff like that. We look at power like that. But I'm talking about a power that can control the uh, the air that we breathe, the nature, and the, and the, and the sun, the moon, and the stars. I, that's the kind of power I'm talking about. The power that can save us from a place called hell. So we look at that and we think about the believing power. And these people believe because the word of God was preached. What no gimmicks, what no light shows, just the word of God being preached. We got this book right here, it's in our in our in our most our laps right here this morning. We may have had to change it out over the years because maybe the cover may have got damaged. But over for the most part, the words inside this book right here has not changed. If we believe what this word says or tells us right here, then we believe in the power of God. If we believe in the hand of God. If we don't, then why are we here? Are we trusting what it says? Do we really believe that there's power in this book right here? Because I'm telling you, if we don't believe it, if you just if you just want to try it out just a little bit, if you want to experiment with God just a little bit, you start reading it and see what happens. And let God reveal himself to you. That's why I was saying we can read God's word and he can reveal stuff to us on a daily basis. And maybe reading the same verses. Now I may go back tomorrow and read these same verses again and get something completely different out of it. Not that God's word has changed, but God has enlightened me to a different way of, about reading. So if God's word could be preached to a, a wicked city and thousands of there, it says many believe, then what I'm doing here this morning, there's still a chance that people can be saved. See, I can't take it for granted that everybody in this church is saved. I would love to hope and pray that everybody in this church is saved. But I can't take it for, I, I don't know. That's between you and the Lord. And see, if the, if the preacher at our church had to, uh, if he had to quit preaching or quit doing a testimony service, I may have not have got saved. So it's important that the Word of God being preached here. It says, when the Word of God is being preached, it produces salvation. It, you know, through testimony service, through uh, song service, we can see how God can work through these things. But there's also some benefits of receiving the word this morning. It refreshes the soul. It gives joy to the heart. And gives light to your eyes. I want us all to go back to the moment you asked Christ to come into your heart. If you're saved this morning, I want you to go back and think about that moment in time when you can go back. You may not remember the day, your month, year, whatever it is, but you can you know the moment you got saved. I want you to go back and think about that. Did you not feel better? Did you not feel like a ton of weights were lifted off your shoulders? Did you not feel some joy in your heart when you asked Christ to come into it? A sense of relief? Did it not shine a little light in your eyes a little bit to say, you know what? I can see clearly now, as I was saying, girls, I can see clearly now. Say, it's the power of God. But it produces salvation. And that's the power and the word of God and what it can do for us. And if it done it for them, it can definitely do it for us. But we should never take it for granted. We shouldn't take it the word of God for granted. We need to fear the word of God. And fear, I think, is one of the most things that uh, 
Most churches are like in these days. Most Christians are like them. And I'm going to even say the rest of the world, but there's no fear of God anymore. No fear. There's no respect for God. Why do I say that? Why they won't keep pulling prayer out of school? Why they won't keep pulling Ten Commandments off everything that's in the courthouses and in their schools? There's no fear of God. Because the world's got their hands up in them so much and it's pulled them away from God and what they believe in. That's why it's so, it's so crazy to think about the world we live in right now. The world's got their hands and claws in them so much right now. People will think that that's as good as it's going to get out there. That's not as good as it's going to get out there, folks. If that's all you've got to look forward to in life is what that world's got to offer you, let me tell you about my God that I serve. Let me tell you about my God that saved me from a place called hell and a place called heaven that we're going to, I'm going to get to go to one day. Because what that world out there has got to offer you, it may be dressed up pretty and it may look nice and smell nice and taste nice and, and all those great things, but it can't compare to what God's Word says and what, uh, what a place called heaven is, where my Lord is. See, that's, that's the greatness of what the power of God and believing in God. That's the, the rewards you get when you believe in God. Yes, I enjoy this earth. I enjoy this life. There's some great things here. But this is not all I'm looking forward to in life out there is outside these doors. It's not. I'm looking to our, my Lord to come back one day. I'm looking to a place to where I can look and, and I don't have to worry about my back hurting anymore or worry about COVID anymore or where uh, the job is or money is or uh, the, the struggles of friendships or, or loved ones or losing loved ones. It's a lot of negativity out there. But if we think about what God has offered for us and what we've got to set aside for us one day in heaven, we ought to be the most excited people here on this earth. And yet sometimes we're the most sour. Because our world out there is telling us that my God is not real and my God is not powerful and the hand of God is not upon the, on the world anymore. And we believe it. We forget who spoke this world into existence. Who breathed life into our lungs. The breath of life. The world tries to destroy you, but God tries to give you life. The believing power of God. And thirdly here this morning, it says the power of the Word of God. And that kind of goes back into the same thing I was, I was talking about here with the, the believing power, but the power of the Word of God. You know, there's a reason people don't like this right here, what, we, what we're doing here this morning. There's a reason people don't, there's, there's something behind this why people don't like coming in here. Because it tells them that what they're doing is wrong. It tells them that they're sinning. Hey, we all sin to come short of the glory of God. We all ought to have our toes stepped on. We all ought to be under conviction. But most people are scared that they go what the world that they're living in out there, and they're afraid they're going to they go miss something. Have you ever been talking with a group of people, maybe at work, talking about God, church, Bible? A couple of you sitting there talking and somebody walks up and the moment they hear what you're talking about, what do they do most of the time? They turn around and walk off. There's a reason behind it. Because they, don't, they understand they understand the power. 
afraid they walked off. They don't want to hear it because they're afraid they're going to get conviction. And there's a reason they sit there and they go, Ooh, not today. Not today. Not that we should be ugly to people, but you start talking about God, what group of people say will have us when other people walk up. But on occasion, we'll have a few people stick around and just kind of listen just a little bit. Because they're interested in it. There's that convicting power. They want to know something. But the power of the Word of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 12, it says, For the Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing and asunder of soul and spirit, and that of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It says it right there. It says it's powerful, quick, sharp. Just a book. Just a book. Kind of Sports Illustrated. Some of these books, we go to these bookstores and we pick up and read. Just a book. No, it's not just a book. It's a power inside this book that what makes it important. It's not about the cover of the book. It's what's inside these pages. What's on these pages that we that we read and we and we study and we think about. It's the power in the song service that we hear people singing. It's the power through that. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that gets inside of us when we come to church. We can feel God's presence, and we know what it is because of the power of God is on us. It is different. It should be different because it's the power of the Word of God. Isaiah chapter fifty-five, verse number eleven says, "Show shall my word that." Uh, me that goeth forth out of my mouth, he shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I, I please, and it shall prosper in the things where I send it. So when we talk about God, we start preaching and we teach him about the Word of God. It's doing its job. All we got to do is present it. If those people had the one end to Antioch and told the people, who before they stood and uh, told about their God? Would anybody be saved? I'm hoping some might have what had. I'm hoping. Of just a few believers that went into a city and started preaching the Word of God and how Christianity started out through that city right there and how it started to spread. If it could spread through that city like that, then what could it do for us and our church? our community, our lives, our family's lives, if we would just preach the Word of God or teach and talk about the Word of God. And lastly, here this morning, it says, it says the hand of the Lord is talking about a way out. God provided deliverance. God always provides deliverance. He always provides a way out. He provided for the children of Israel. He provided for us through his son. I'm thankful this morning for his son that went to the cross that died for me. I pulled up this morning and I seen your, your cross out there on, in front of the church. It speaks volumes. I think about my Lord and Savior that went up on that cross and died for my sins and all the things that I've done in my life because he loved me. 
And yet he died for that, for the entire world, not just me. All the Muslims, all the Jews, all the Greeks, all the Buddhists, Hindus, blacks, whites, Chinese, whoever. It's for everybody, folks, not just a certain group. It's for everybody. And think about God and He how He provided the way out. I'm glad He provided the way out for me. And I look in and I think about this word right here this morning, redemption. It says being saved from sin. The action of regaining or gaining possession of something in exchange for a payment or, or clearing that debt. <laughs> if you think about what I just read right there, that's everything our Lord done for us. He paid the debt for us. Jesus died so we wouldn't have to die. So we wouldn't have to go to hell. Romans 6, 23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. It says, But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That perfect gift. It says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. John 3, 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life, and he that believeth not on the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. Everything that our God provides is life. 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 And without God, there's no life. There's nothing there for us. What else can I say? What else can I say about God? There's a lot more to be said. There's a lot more out of us that needs to be seen. Because God saved you from a place called hell that we've all got something we need to be thanking God for between now and eternity until He comes back. And believe it or not, when we get to heaven, we're going to get to, we get to thank Him some more. And it's still not going to be enough of what He's done for us. So we think about the power of God and the hand of God and how powerful He is and what He's done in people's lives. Our minds can't comprehend it. But what does that tell us to do? Tell us to keep sharing the gospel. Keep sharing the word and telling people because you never know how it's going to affect people. Let God work in your life and see how he affects your family's life. Don't believe it? Morning or tonight I got saved. Stacy went out the back door because she was under conviction. Been in church all her life. Thought she was saved because she was under conviction. She knew she was lost. What if I hadn't got saved that night? What if I had turned my heart or turned away from God and gift of God? What would happen? Would my family be saved? I don't know. Would Hayden have got saved? I don't know. But I'm thankful that I accepted Christ because just a few a few days later she got saved. And on down the road, just a couple of years later, Hayden got saved. You see how he affects people's lives? So don't ever take for granted what you've got sitting in your lap. Or a man standing behind a pulpit preaching, or a Sunday school teacher trying to teach you about the Word of God. It's important. 
Because if he can change thousands of people's lives, he might just be able to change one life. That one life might be yours. Then, there, then who knows what's going to happen to you, the rest of your life, or your family. Just some thoughts this morning I want you to think about. I want you to think about that and the power of God and the Word of God. We're going to have an invitation here in just a moment. And I want you to think about something. I want you to think about your life and life that you've lived. I know I can improve. It ain't going to change the fact that I'm saved. I'm just saying I can improve my life. But if you're not saved this morning and you want to make things right with the Lord, what greater day to start it out than to start out today? Because you never know who it's going to impact. The most important person at that point in time is you. It's going to impact you drastically because it's going to save you from a place called hell. That place is no joke, folks. Let God work in your life. Let God work in your church. Be open. Let God move. You just never know what's going to happen. Let's pray. And the song leaders will come this morning. Heavenly Father, Lord God, I thank you for the word this morning, God. I thank you so much, God, for what you've done for me in my life. Lord, I thank you for the ones that went into that city of Antioch, God, and was just preaching the word, God, for what's happened to them. And Lord, I pray right now, God, if, if that a moment arises in our own life, Lord, when we're able to, uh, that time comes when we're, we're need to share the gospel, Lord, I pray, God, that you give us the, the courage and the confidence to be able to share the word. God, don't let the spirit, don't let the spirit what the world has to offer for us, God, the, maybe the laughter and the, the mocking, God. Let us be bold in our faith. Let us be strong because I know you're going to be there with us because your hand is going to be upon us, God. Lord, I pray for one this morning, God, that may be struggling with their salvation. God, don't give them any rest. Don't give them any ease right now, God. I pray, God, I pray right now that the conviction would be on so strong, God, that they have to make things right with you, God. And if they walk out of this church door this morning, God, our Lord, I pray that you won't give them any rest tonight when they get home. And you may say, Lord, uh, that's, that's kind of harsh. I'd give up a couple nights of uh, uneasiness as long as that person went to heaven. God, I ask you to be with us this morning. And forgive me, God, where I failed you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand.